It's rock and roll. And cue music. Do you like Phil Collins? I've been a big Genesis fan ever since the release of their 1980 album, Duke. Before that, I really didn't understand any of their work. It was too artsy, too intellectual. It was on Duke where uh, Phil Collins' presence became more apparent. I think Invisible Touch is the group's undisputed masterpiece. It's an epic meditation on intangibility. But I also think Phil Collins works best within the confines of the group than as a solo artist. And I stress the word, artist. This is Susudio, a great, great song. Personal favorite. A-sides, A-sides, party on, excellent, A-sides, A-sides. Hell yeah. I like that. That should be our intro every single time. I don't know if you want to talk about anything exciting that's happened um, the last couple weeks. Do you have any New Year's resolutions? Oh, no. Nah, I mean, I learned a long time ago that if I set those, I just fail. Oh, yeah. And then I feel bad about myself. And I don't like feeling bad about myself. So. <laughs> <laughs> just Only good so vibes. I don't set goals anymore. Yeah. No, I mean, it's always like, I'm always setting goals. So, like at the beginning of the year, I told myself when I came off of vacation going back to work, because I had like the last week off, you know, and everything, I said, okay, well, when I go back, I'm going to, back to work, I'm going to take a lunch, like prep, meal prep and do healthy stuff and not eat any more fast food and eat healthier all the way around and blah, blah, blah. Totally had great intentions on that. I mean, I even woke up with this cold that I battled all fucking week, uh, Monday, which I was off work, but, yeah. and I ate fairly healthy Monday, and I even worked out. Like, I was on the treadmill watching, I started watching that Dio documentary on the treadmill. I was all sweaty, and I felt good, and I took a shower, <laughs> and then I finished watching the Dio documentary sitting on the couch and not eating a bag of potato chips, but just sitting on the couch, starting to feel worse and shittier, and... Then I went back to work, and it's like, I don't know. I, I'm, like, the only person I know that's like this, but if I have a cold and my throat's irritated, like, I just want to eat all the time. Hmm. It's, like, something that just, it, like, soothes my throat. And then I always just want to eat stupid shit, like, bad shit. Or maybe uh, it's just because it's convenient I'll eat bad shit. And so I ate, like, shit this whole week. I'm like, well, that was a terrible start, you know. Thank God I'm starting to feel a little better. Like, my throat still kind of has that tickle, though, you know. So... Yeah. It's like hard to not want to feed that little tickle and make it feel better, but we'll see. Yeah. Maybe this next week will be the week. So or not. Maybe I'll just gain, you know, another thirty pounds. The goal was to lose about twenty, but shit, I don't know. Maybe I'll just get up to about two hundred and thirty pounds and call it a day, you know? Well, that would cut into your records and all that stuff because you have to buy new pants. Right? Yeah, I know. So, I don't really want to do that. Yeah, fuck so, that. I think in twenty years. In the last 20, 20 to 25 years, I've, well, I guess maybe 25 years ago, I might have been wearing, you know, like a size 30. But, I mean, for basically like 20 years, I was like 32 waist, you know. Yeah. And on a good day, I can still wear 32s. But I kind of like last year just said fuck it and started, started buying 33s or 34s, whatever kind of fit better. I went up a size, but... Because I was like, fuck, man. I mean, 32s fit fine. But then, like, I have one bad week, and I'm yeah. fucking squeezing, <laughs> sucking it in to fucking button that and zip it and then exhale. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah. You know? And then you got that crease under your belly. And- or the belt loop. Like, I'm on the third one, but I was on the fifth one. Like, this time last year, I was on the fifth loop. Yeah. And now I'm on the third. So I guess I got to step up. Got to get back to that five. Yeah. Yeah, I gotta do something. I mean, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna kick this, get this cold 1,000% out of the way. I mean, I think it's pretty much done. It's just throat still irritated, you know, but I figure if I, I'm gonna try to cook up some shit, some chicken, you know, maybe just go buy three whole chickens, throw them on the smoker, <laughs> pull that shit, kind of shred it up, you know, and make some chicken and vegetables to take all week long and there you go and whatnot, freeze them up. And it's mm. my goal. 
little hot sauce. I got all that hot sauce. I got like 20, what did I get? Like 25 yeah. bottles of, no, it was like 12. Okay, I exaggerated. <laughs> but I got like 12 bottles of hot sauce for Christmas. Yeah. So, you know, people know I like hot sauce. So I could just take like a different hot sauce every day to work with me, and it would taste a little different, you know, because I'm using a different hot sauce. So, yeah, mix it up. So thank you to my in-laws for buying me the different, I got like two different giant sample packs of hot sauce. So <laughs> it's pretty fucking awesome, you know. How about you, though? New Year's resolutions, you got anything? I do. I thought about this. I'm going to put it on the air so I can hold myself even more accountable because now yeah, everybody, our like five to ten whatever listeners, they can all call me out. Here's the thing. I buy too many records, but I'm not going to say I'm only going to buy five records like this year because that's not really totally realistic because we don't even know what's going to come out, you know, sure. six months from now or something. So I'm going to limit myself. There's 12 months in the year. I'm going to limit myself to 12 purchases of records, but it doesn't necessarily mean that I'm going to buy one each time. So I'll have like a January record store thing, and I thought... April has record store day, so there's my April purchase. And then yeah. usually in December, I go visit my aunt and uncle in Phoenix, and there's that Zia record chain. Boom, I'm just going to have that there for December. Go. So I'm going to limit myself to 12 purchases, but not 12 records. So then, yeah, if you overdo, if you fuck up, you just have to make yourself take the next month off. Then Maybe, you could, too, yeah. you could too like make yourself do it locally then. Like, I'm just going to go shopping yeah. at a local record store one day, whether it's you know local here or you're out of town or something. Yeah. Then you're also, you know, contributing to a local small business, you know? Yeah, because I thought it's almost sometimes too easy to go online and go boop, boop, boop. Oh, you know how bad it is, like, if I'm just sitting down here and I'm watching a movie and a song comes on or something, and I'm like, fuck, I love that album. Fuck, do I have that on vinyl? And then and I'm, like, six beers deep or something because it's, like, a Friday night and I'm drinking and watching a movie or something, and it's, like, next thing I know, I'm ordering, like, three records on Amazon. Like, shit, there's $100, you know? Yeah. So, this is, yeah, these days, I mean, it's sad yeah, they're to not say, cheap. but, man, you buy three new fucking records, you might be dropping 100 bucks. It mm. sucks. I don't like it at all. So. Yeah, especially if it's like a triple or something. Then a triple oh, is like 50 fucked, or yeah. 60 bucks. There's a lot of stuff I've, I've come across recently, and I've had to kind of be like, okay, don't be an asshole. You told yourself you were going to cut back. I'm not wanting to spend a lot of money. I'm tired of fucking, you know, spending money on shit all the time, and... Yeah. You know, because what do you some? I mean, the records, it's hard for me to not justify spending the money because some stuff it's like, well, what do you got to show for it? Well, but records you do like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, they'll last forever. Yeah, or at I least mean, there's stuff you can get used. That's like 60 years old. Oh, yeah. I mean, look at my CD collection. Great. Like, there's so much of that shit that I've had since I was a teenager yeah. and it's still in great shape. Like, I've always just taken care of my stuff. And so, I mean, yeah. I don't know. I have a hard time beating myself up too much about it because I, I do take care of that stuff. And, you know, it's just over the years, obviously, I've acquired a lot of it and it takes up a lot of space. That's my story there. So today I got out of the shower. And I'm going through my closet like this. <laughs> I don't know what those hand motions were, but and just flipping through and find a T-shirt. And I'm like, oh, this is a good shirt for today's topic, I think, you know. So it's a share shirt. Mm -hmm. which I feel like Cher, to me, is one of my guilty pleasures. I'm a fan of her stuff, especially like the 80s stuff. I don't really like anything in the 90s and since, you know? Like once that Believe album or whatever yeah. where she sounded all... She was all auto-tuned and it sounded like she was singing underwater and just fucking terrible. Like I can't do any of that shit. But, I mean, I think the 80s era stuff, like the self-titled album and the Heart of Stone album were just like... Those two albums are totally guilty pleasures of mine, all the way down to the Peter Cetera duet. Like, I almost, I just spoiler alert, like, none of these songs are on my list. Maybe they'll make the next one, you know, but with that, it's almost like an entire artist and in, in this entire catalog, and an entire era of a uh, artist mm -hmm. is like an, a guilty pleasure. So I could almost have like just a fucking share guilty pleasures best of type thing, you know. Which would be awesome, you know. Intriguing. Hmm. Kind of yeah. like doing the little. Yeah. Uh, Turn back time. Stroke. Love that song. You know, when Jason and I were doing all those fucking acoustic nights for a while, yeah. we'd go around to different places and we'd always play that song. And <laughs> I'm sure people 
sometimes people would dig it and sometimes people would be like, what the fuck are they seriously playing this song? You know, but I fucking love that song. I love just like Jesse James and whatever. <laughs> I'm going to stop talking because this ain't a share episode, but it kind of, I thought went hand in hand because I text you one day and I was like, Hey, what if we did like a guilty pleasures episode? And then we had kind of a whole conversation and you were like, well, I don't really feel guilty about any of them. So <laughs> what if we call it guiltless pleasures? And well, that was actually the thing. It was a couple months ago, actually. It was before the holidays. I think you, I've even brought it up maybe even like a year ago. And yeah. It just got swept under the rug. Yeah, because you had texted me. And you're like, what about a Guilty Pleasures episode? And I'm like, yeah, the same thing. I was like, eh, I'm not that interested because I don't really feel guilty about anything. So then to set the stage, like, like I came over here a few weeks ago, like before Christmas, and... You brought it up again in person, so now you kind of confronted me with it. Where the text, I can kind of be like, <laughs> right. and whatever. But yeah, I felt yeah, like, up, I don't know if you were cornering me or something, but you're oh, like, no. so like, what about this guilty pleasures episode? And I was like, oh, I don't feel guilty about it. And you're like, well, then what about guiltless pleasures? And I'm like, aha! And the light bulb flipped on over my head, and I'm like, yes, right, guiltless pleasures. I'm down with that actually because. Not to put people on blast, like the kids say, but those are kind of all my picks, where I'm kind of putting people on blast who have picked on me for liking these things. Right. So that's where I'm going with all my picks. All right. Nothing yeah. wrong with that. I mean, I feel like I wear my guilty pleasures on my sleeve. Like, I'll fucking, well, like right now, like I'm rocking a share shirt. Not just on your sleeve, but on your chest. <laughs> and I, yeah. And I won't even, you know, I, I think I know who it was, but I won't call him out because I won't misquote anyone here, but... There was a friend of ours that I wore this shirt, and they just kind of almost scolded me for wearing it. Like, I, I don't, why are you wearing that shirt? Like, I don't like it at all. And I'm like, what? I don't care whether you like it or not. Like, <laughs> I'm not, you know. And almost was trying to confront me, like, what, are you wearing it to be cute or ironic? It's like, I don't fucking care what you like. Like, I mean, I'm not doing it to be cute or ironic. Like, I really genuinely like her stuff. I like this era in particular of Cher and... Yeah. I'll fucking rock that shit. Dude, I wish I had a mullet so I could, in a IROC Z with T tops, I could pop out. <laughs> I would cruise up and down the street and I would let my fucking mullet just flow in the fucking wind, man. Those locks would just be, you know, if I could turn back time. And my fucking, these, I'd have like a Billy Ray Cyrus, like, I, I would actually like crimp my fucking, I'd either perm. What's I'd that? Tennessee mud flaps. Yeah, those fuckers would just be flapping like this. I wish we were like shooting video. So, hey man, mullets are back, I think, with like the <laughs> I'm not 20 year olds. Yeah, I'm not doing it. They can keep it. But, you know, that's so that's the whole thing. Like, to me, it's like, yeah, a guilty pleasure, right? But to me, guilty pleasure doesn't mean I literally feel guilty about it. Like, I'll tell anybody I listen to this shit. Yeah. I mean, dude, I've been flying the flag for fucking Taylor Swift for a long time. Yeah. I've been fucking made fun of and ridiculed enough, like, to where, like, dude, when I did look at those band shirts that I did with, like, the little, like, pentagram thing on her head and blah, blah, blah. Yep, yep, and guys I love that one. <laughs> and my guys in my van were like, fuck, yeah, that's hilarious. Fuck that bitch. And I'm like, I didn't do it because I was like, fuck that bitch. Like, I'm a fan of hers. I think yeah. it's funny. And, like, a way I'm putting, like, an artist that's totally just polar opposite kind of of what we do in a way. And, yeah. You know, people... People either love her or hate her, and maybe a lot of rock guys fucking hate her and whatever, right? But I don't. I just thought it was funny. I don't know. That's just kind of how I am with all these, too. Like, my picks, some of them are... i got to almost look at it again now and think about it, because... Yeah, why don't you just start it off, Because I wouldn't even say that I'm not a fan of any of these, but I would say that maybe a couple of them are artists that I'm a fan of. Mm Mm-hmm. But the songs are really fucking ridiculous, and kind of they're like maybe they're their songs that other people are like, oh, what the fuck. But I'm like, ah, fuck it, I like it. I'm just, I love it, and I'm just gonna raise my hand and be like, ah, guilty as charged. So, love so that that's one. where you went with it, not really like not always, artist though. per se, but it's more of the song. It's more, it's definitely song based, right. because then there are a couple of these where it's like, yeah, I don't know shit about these artists, but those songs i fucking love you know yeah. so so yeah i can start it off i think i'm gonna start with this one because it was the one that i believe i was listening to that gave me the idea oh okay and it's by a band called sixpence none the richer well, 
song, Kiss Me. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> and I think that, you know, this was what gave me the idea for the episode because I was listening to it thinking, like, I'll bet that most people, if not every fucking person that knows me and knows my taste of music, even though it's a pretty diverse taste, like, I mean, I'm into a lot of different shit. I'm into everything from fucking Pantera and Slayer to Prince to Bob Dylan to Springsteen, you know, whatever, right? Like, I'm and a lot of country artists, too. Yeah. Towns Van Zant, Graham Parsons, uh, you know, even a Miranda Lambert fan. Some of her stuff. Some of it I fucking can't stand. But but I just was listening to it one day thinking, man, I love the song. And I think I listened to it because we watched a movie or something like the day before that it was in. Was it like Babysitter's I Club? I can't remember or? what it was. Nah, it was like some fun. I don't remember. It came on at some point. Maybe it was just on the radio when we were driving in the car, and I was like, Man, I love this song. I feel really fucking stupid admitting that out loud, I think. Like, this, that might, maybe it's the guiltiest of it. Man, that is really just like a fucking white girl song, you know? <laughs> like, I mean, back when it came out, like, when did that come out? Early, early, early 2000s. Oh, really? I thought it was Maybe like late even 90s. late 90s, yeah. yeah. I'm trying to think of when that album came out, but... uh yeah, it was. Yeah, you're right. It was probably like 97. I think I was in high school. I was thinking almost like I almost kind of compare it to kind of like the, what the Lisa Loeb kind of stuff where right. it was like the kind of alternative stuff like that. It's like that. the really soft. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. But I love the song, man. The whole the, the jangly guitar comes in, you know, mm. and her voice is just so soft. And I don't know. I like it. every time the song comes out. Like, I don't usually go out of my way to listen to it, right? You just melt. But it's one of those. I, I do. When <laughs> it comes on, I do kind of melt. I'm like, ah, fuck, man. Like, I don't even know who that chick is. I don't know much about the band. I just know that when I hear that song, her voice makes me melt. I like the jangly guitar. It just has, like, this really, I don't know. It's a, it's a good fucking song. It's one of those songs where all the fucking units together just make this thing that makes you feel good. Hmm. You know? <laughs> And who the fuck's going to argue with that? What am I going to be like? Well, I mean, I listen to metal. I've got tattoos and a beard, so I can't, I can't fucking like that. Yeah. I, fuck that. I love that song. I think, oh, I think your pick right there kind of like really does sum up the guilty pleasures because I was telling a couple of friends of mine about this because they were like asking, oh, like what's the next episode, blah, blah, blah. And they're like, I hope I hear this song or you guys talk about this pick. And... I feel like with that one, you're going to be more straight up, yeah, the guilty pleasures. Mine are more, yeah, just the artists that I got shit for, which is kind of, it might not be a guilty pleasure to somebody else, but other people made me right. feel like it was or something Seems like, like that. Seems like a good segue into your first pick. Oh, all right. We have this artist in common. Oh, okay. And so I kind of felt like, hell yeah, like fist bump, because it is Richard Marks, oh. and I'll just go with Right Here Waiting. narrow down a favorite song or like the most maybe guilty pleasure so obviously or guiltless like, pleasure but i do remember this though you had to have like barbecues on the fourth of july out in hopedale had to <laughs> and the first one that i went to not long after i showed up richard mark's angelia was playing oh, on yeah. the boombox around that time you used to play acoustic richard mark's like you said acoustic uh share yeah I don't know. Like, I had to include Richard Marks on here somehow. I feel like that's a good pick for his, too, because I feel like right here waiting almost is, like, the guilty pleasure. Yeah. Like, if you're a Richard Marks fan, you still might not like that song. Yeah. Just because it's so sappy. Yeah. Even for him. And it was super overplayed. You know, it's like the one that was, like, it was really fucking played a lot for a while yeah. there, you know? Like, it's the one, like, I probably never go out of my way to listen to. I don't hate it. If it comes on the radio, I kind yeah. of enjoy it, but... How I said I was putting people on blast, maybe that's where I was going with this. I was working at Turks, this body shop here in East Peoria for a few years. A lot of those guys, like, we like the same rock music, you know, like, I don't know, 80s rock, like Skid Row, Guns N' Roses or whatever, or even Kiss. Like, some of the guys had Kiss stuff on their toolboxes. But then I would turn on a radio over by my area where I was detailing cars, and there was Jack FM was on at the time, and it would always play 80s stuff. Janet Jackson, Michael Jackson, even Richard Marks would come on there, and all those guys would give me 
so much shit. And even that one guy, Jason, that you knew, he'd be like, I knew you were here because I heard bad music, you know? <laughs> and I just kind of embraced the picking on. Same thing like Bob and Denny give me shit for so much stuff. But then I just kind of started to embrace it. I'm like, why get all bent out of shape about people picking well, yeah, on Well, yeah, you just got to find something you know? they like that's stupid and pick on them for it. Oh, I just, <laughs> I didn't do that. I, I would just, like, I would just lean into it. Like, okay. Like, let know, me catch whatever. you listening to a stick song, motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. That's just me, though. It's that camaraderie of, like, guys just giving each other shit. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. Or whereas... even, like, an example of, like, I've always heard, or you probably heard it too. Well, oh, if this guy gives you shit, that means he likes you. Kind of like Bob Long. Yeah. He gives you shit because he likes you. Right. All right, dude. Your yeah. second So choice. now I got I to gotta figure out where I'm going with this. So I think for my next one, I'm going to go to an artist. It'll go a few years back because I think we decided that Kiss Me was released like mid to late 90s. You'd think I'd do the research, which I also want to bring up. Somebody busted my balls fairly recently for not doing research, and I was like, fuck, I don't care. Like, you can Wikipedia any of the shit. You can Google it now as you're listening to it, like, we're here to talk shit and have fun and just have a discussion if I don't know it. So that, people, is why I'm full of shit and I just talk and say whatever the fuck I want. And if I tell you that Mick Jagger produced the last NSYNC record, then by God, as far as I'm concerned, Mick Jagger produced the last NSYNC record. <laughs> and I don't care whether it's right or not. So <laughs> that has nothing to do with anything. My next pick is from... An artist who actually has a lot of other songs I really like. I shouldn't say it's a lot. from In Sync. It's not from In Sync. No, <laughs> I wasn't. Trying. That wasn't really a segue. Uh, it could have been though. I could have worked it into this artist, Justin was, Timberlake. This, well, this artist was also in a boy band of sorts back in uh, you know late '80s, early '90s. This guy got his career and had a bunch of hits. A lot of hits that I like. Okay, Bobby Brown. Money. Dude was grinding the other day uh, over in our little grind area at work, right? And I go over to help another dude out with something like he needed help. <laughs> I thought you were saying some dude was like grinding. No, he was. Yeah, he was grinding. <laughs> no, a hand grinder. God damn it. I work in manufacturing. You got to remember that. I don't work in a strip club, especially not a male strip club. <laughs> so I go over to help this dude with something on the computer he had a question about. And I look over and this kid was listening. I think he was a kid. I don't know. I'm not, I'm, I guess I'm to that age officially where I can't tell who's fucking young and who's not anymore. But he was listening to Bobby Brown. I can't even remember what song it was, right? But it struck me as odd because I'm like, this motherfucker even remember Bobby Brown? Like, is he even old enough to, like, how yeah, the fuck? Yeah, was he know? even alive then? Yeah, you know, and he like comes walking over. I go, hey, man, are you listening to Bobby Brown? He goes, and this is kind of what made me think of my pick for this song because then I went down a Bobby Brown rabbit hole again, which it happens probably several times a year if I'm being honest. He goes, yeah, I just I try not to play anything with any curse words while I'm here. He was new. Like, I didn't even know who this dude was. I had never seen him before, so he must have just started. So he was listening to Bobby Brown. I just laughed. I'm like, all right, I just thought it was kind of weird you're listening to Bobby Brown, you know. I was like, I ain't making fun of you. I like Bobby Brown, but just... Caught me off guard. I, I, it was the one time. I don't think I've ever walked through the shop and heard a fucking Bobby Brown song. Leonard Skinner, fuck yeah. I mean, I hear that about eight times a day. Bobby <laughs> Brown, no. You know, but so it was kind of funny. But anyhow, kind of funny because I had my list made up except for this one song. I had like four picks. Having that conversation with that dude and hearing that song, I just went down like another fucking Bobby Brown rabbit hole like yesterday. Mm -hmm. Literally, I added this one to my list yesterday. It's the song Humping Around. Which, ridiculous title. It was a very, as far as I remember, I was pretty young when it came out, but I was, I remember liking it. But it was like a very short-lived single. It was like, like, I don't know. I don't remember that album in general having much longevity on the charts. Maybe I'm just too young to remember. I I was seeing the videos and shit on, like, VH1 and MTV, so maybe my frame of reference is off here because I just was too young to be 
hip and current on yeah. everything. But now, like, fuck, 30 years later, I still, like, it's like, it is a guilty pleasure of mine. I know the song's fucking dumb. Like, who the fuck writes a song called Humping Around? That's fucking stupid, <laughs> you know? But it's catchy to me, and I still dig it. Like, I, But I thought it was funny because I had to, like, I went down that Bobby Brown rabbit hole listening on Amazon Music, and, like, I can only think of, like, a handful of songs that were Bobby Brown hits back in the day, right? Yeah, you know, five or six, and it's like, dude, this thing ain't even up. Like, when you go by his, you know, because it usually, if you just go to songs, it'll list it by, like, popularity Yeah. in that order. And it's, like, not even close to being at the top. Hmm. I mean, this was, like, one of his singles and one of his hits. And I think people just think it was so fucking stupid that it just got pushed so far back to where, like, nobody goes back and listens to it. But I do. so to me that was like another like reason that it was like an ultimate guilty pleasure like fuck man like nobody likes this goddamn song (laughs) but me apparently i don't know you know dude he even had some songs two songs from ghostbusters 2 in Mm -hmm. that era and i like those even liking ghostbusters 2 is probably a guilty pleasure i don't know man people shit on that one i don't know why people shit on it though yeah maybe because i was a kid and i saw it in the theater yeah and so like i I still like it. It's not as good as the first oh, one. Oh, yeah, but it's still a good movie. Yeah, it's, it's entertaining. A, that's a good... It is a good movie. It's mm. fun. So, on that note, <laughs> what's your... Now that we just derailed yeah, off and started talking about fucking Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters, but hey, why not talk about Ghostbusters? Fuck yeah. What's your next pick? I'm just going to go straight to the artist on your t-shirt. You already nice. introduced her. It was on my list, so I wasn't sure if we had that in common. Oh, wow. But... Really, by this one, when I went through this, I just picked artists. And I had five, but I wasn't really sure, like, with the Richard Marks. I wasn't sure what song, because I know it's, like, a song list, too. I'm just going to change it up. Right now, you had mentioned she had two in the 80s. Well, there was a third one that came out right at the start of the 90s, where it's got her with a red wig I forget the name of the album, but she did like Love Hurt. She did a cover of that. She did a cover of Kiss, uh, the um, the Gene Simmons song from The Elder. Yeah, uh, World Without Heroes. Yeah, World Without Heroes. But then she also has a song like Save Up All Your Tears. And I think yeah. that is, as the kids say, that's that a, a fucking banger of a, a song. song. You don't. How does anybody really dispute? Sure, you can say, eh, share, whatever. But she had Desmond Child penning some of those songs on those albums. And that oh, dude was yeah. at like the height of his powers there with oh, yeah. Bon Jovi and Kiss yeah. and stuff. Man, there's some good songs on there. There's yeah. some good songs. Well, even, dude, I like her 70s stuff. Yeah. I mean, Gypsies, Tramps, and Thieves is a great fucking song, man. That 80s stuff was really fucking badass. That or whole. one from the 80s, yeah, that like I think was a cover of something maybe that she did before, like reworked it, but that bang, bang, shot me down. That awful sound, bang, bang, my baby shot me down. Like Jesse James is all I can think of. <laughs> I just uh, think no, there's, I think flames. it's on the, on the first like share one, like the self-titled the self-titled one. one. Yeah. That had some great stuff on it, but I'm... It's like Bang Bang or something. And the bang guy... Bang. I actually have that album on vinyl. I was looking through it, looking at the lyrics and the credits. And I think the guys in Bon Jovi all like backed her up on that song. And they do it like really cool and like kind of slowed it down. It's like, Bang Bang. She even had some good movies then too. Like I watched it with oh, Kelly, my girlfriend. The, mask. The one, well, there was Mask. There was what? She was in that Silkwood with Kurt Russell... And then Witches of Eastwick. Uh, the one I'm thinking of had Bob oh, Hoskins yeah. in it, and I think maybe Christina Ricci. There's, it was like mermaids. Yeah, yeah, dude. That I found some one song. Is yeah, the shit. I love that song. That was the one I was originally gonna say because I like that's like the do 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 do. It starts off kind of like a ballad. Yeah, and then it's like I found some. Kicks it, dude. It's yeah, that's an epic fucking song, man. That's one of those I wish I could actually really sing well so I could cover it and fucking deliver it but it was just 
sound not good. So, dude, it's like eighties cheese overload, but it's good cheese. I don't got to defend it anymore. Fuck no, it, share, man. I don't it. have to defend anything. That's why it's guiltless pleasures, yep. dude. I don't feel shit. That's about why I'm this. rocking the t-shirt, like man. Yeah. And I'm wearing yeah. this t-shirt because I like this motherfucking t-shirt. All right, dude. On to your next one. All right. So, I'm trying to figure out how to pace this right, like. Because to me, it's like this list is mine's so diverse that there's not any one that's like better than the other. So like, or any yeah. weirder, I don't fucking know. So how are you really gonna rank it? So I'm just gonna go all over the place here. So I'm gonna go all the way back to the '80s, like mid '80s, kind of a teeny bopper heartthrob for the mm-hmm. dudes. Like we all had a crush on this chick at some point, and Tiffany. Now I'm a fan of her version of "I Think It's Alone Now," which was a cover song. I think Great we're alone song. now. Is that what I said or what I say? You said I think it's alone now. I think it's alone now. <laughs> I said that. <laughs> I don't even make any sense. <laughs> I think it's alone now. Go in there and kill it. I, dude, I don't know. I'm not feeling that drink, if that (laughs) makes you feel any better. But anyhow, on that album, Mm -hmm. that self-titled album that I think We're Alone Now is on, I can't believe I fucking said that. Maybe I should reference that song all the time and change it. I think you're alone now. (laughs) I think it's alone now. Alone now. I think it's alone now. Or like, Daddy, I don't brush my hair. Yeah. Like when we kept changing the Motorhead song, yeah. Jesus Christ. I feel like I need a redo. Tiffany, self-titled album. The big one. This was the one that everybody owned. The opening track should have been me. I still love that song. Fuck, I mean, there's good songs on that anyhow. That's a good album. And, you know, I don't know that I would quite... I would probably rock a Tiffany t-shirt. Ha <laughs> ha you loser. <laughs> I've never listened to that album in my life. <laughs> Have you never? No. Really? It's a good album. It's got some good stuff on it, man. Seriously, okay. the song Danny's a great song. Huh. There's some good shit, but that opening I was track, more of a Debbie Gibson guy. See, that's... I don't know, man. I mean, there's Debbie Gibson songs I like. Well, and Denny, I think you guys would have that connection, because... Because I know Denny had a Debbie Gibson thing. Him and I have talked about this before. Um, it should have been me. Opening track. Seriously, I love it so much that I have considered maybe even recording a cover of that. Oh. You know, like I think it'd be a cool song to fucking cover. To me, I don't understand why somebody hasn't recorded. Maybe there has been somebody. I've never heard it, but. Speaking of recording covers, not to kind of trample on your pick, but you should actually record a Richard Mark song, not just from doing the acoustic. I mean, I love uh, gigs. His stuff. I think I think you should record it's just one. Just intimidating because he's so fucking good. Yeah, but I mean, like, listen to some of those. Your voice kind of kind of fits, you know. Well, I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. So yeah, I'm just gonna pretend that. See what you said was your voice kind of fits. What I heard was. Brent, you're just as talented as Richard Marks. <laughs> That's how yes. I heard it. That's what I'm going to tell everybody from here on out. Well, my buddy Andy told me that I'm just as talented, if not more, than Richard Marks. Yes. And every every time I tell the story, it's going to grow. Next time I tell it, after that, it's going to be, my buddy Andy told me I'm better than I'm Richard, better than Richard <laughs> Marks. Yeah, legendary. Yeah. And then next time I have that conversation, it's going to be with Richard Marks. I'm going to be like, motherfucker, shine my shoes. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. (laughs) Not really, because I I actually love and respect Richard Marks. I fucking, if I ever met him, I I think it'd be so fucking cool to meet him because he seems so cool, too. He just seems like genuinely, like, just genuine. He just seems like a good dude, you know? So I'm not sure what that has to do with Tiffany. I don't know how the fuck we all of a sudden oh, I, got there. Did, I kind of trampled on it, talking oh, about cover, you, you covering it. other That's artists. That's okay. You should have derailed it, because I don't really have that much more to say about it. Oh. I'm not like a diehard Tiffany well, fan. Well, I'm intrigued. I'll listen to it. I'm a bigger Cher fan, oh. but, uh, you know, I still like Tiffany. I like that album. All right. Tiffany, self-titled. Go give it a listen. Well, my next selection of guiltless pleasures 
is from Michael Bolton. Yeah. And it's, how can we be lovers? God damn. We can work it out. I was originally that guy that's like, ha, 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 Michael Bolton, whatever, you know, you loser. <laughs> but I was at my friend Nick's wedding. I was the best man. This was going back to 2015. And I think we were hanging out, drinking or whatever, you know, like after the ceremony and everybody's just having a good time. And this one guy, Chris, who was like the boyfriend of... Like one of the bridesmaids. I forget how this conversation even came up, but this is my lasting memory from my friend's wedding, is hanging out, talking about Michael Bolton. And this guy, Chris, pulls up his phone, and he's like, yeah, Michael Bolton is awesome. You got to watch this. And we watched the music video for How Can We Be Lovers? And me and Nick, I think we're both there, like, jaws dropped, and we're, like, kind of awestruck by Michael Bolton. And we're like, yeah, this is, like so 80s and there's like a purple guitar and it's like fluorescent colored and it's got all the shit you could want from the 80s in this michael bolton video and it's even deep how can we be lovers <laughs> if we can't be friends that's true yeah. that's true how can we start over when the fighting never ends <laughs> dude michael bolton just tells it like it is he does man mm. man commands commands the radio commands the speakers Dude, yeah, he uh, even helped to write some of those uh, share songs. He wrote a Kiss song, Forever. Even had that band Blackjack. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Blackjack. I haven't heard that name in forever. He's got some cred, man. Michael Bolton. He's a rocker. Yeah. You know? So I don't have to defend this shit. You can't fucking knock him for having that big, long, wavy mullet and singing all those power ballad things. He's like the Fabio of... Yeah, uh, rock and roll of the '80s by railing on him for yeah. singing all these songs just to get some poo tang. Fuck, <laughs> who wouldn't? That's what they yeah. were all doing. He just was better at it, more shameless. He also got more than I mean. Yeah. I don't know. I bet he probably fucked more than Gene Simmons, and that's saying a lot. Yeah, and you know what? Now he's even kind of cool because he came back with the Andy Samberg, the Lonely <laughs> Island stuff, yeah. or whatever. So it's like. <laughs> The fucking ballad of Jack, uh, Captain Jack Sparrow. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that was like one of the fucking best. Oh, my God, dude. I love that. Where he's just singing about different movies and shit. And yeah. he, <laughs> he goes on to Scarface. We all know the line. Hmm. All right, man. Well, that's mine. Michael Bolton. How can we be lovers? Man, I think we're down to just having two piece left, man. right? I know which one I'm going to save for the last one. So my, my next one is kind of this, it's a guilty pleasure in the sense that like I couldn't tell you one other song by this band. And they came out when, I think this song came out when I was in junior high. I would guess around like 94. And I remember at that time, I fucking hated it. The music video was on all the time, and it, God, I fucking hated this so much. It was so stupid, I thought. And I remember Weird Al doing a uh, spoof of it and everything. And I thought his was funny. But I still just hated the original so much. But then for some reason in the last few years, it's become one of these songs where I like it for some reason. I think it came up in a conversation. I think we started, you know, Courtney and I would have this thing where we'd be sitting out on the patio on like a Friday night or something, start a fire, just be the two of us. We'd just be going through playing all kinds of random shit from our childhood and whatnot. And I got on a real weird kick where there was just for a few months, almost like this playlist that I had of just a bunch of random shit from the 90s. And I started just like falling in love with stuff again, and then some stuff that I never really liked that much, I started finding like this appreciation for now. Like, fuck, man, I always ragged on this song, but now I kind of like it. I think I like this song now because it is so unique. Like, there's not any other song like this. But if you remember the band (laughs) Crash Test Dummies... Oh, and they yeah. had that song, you know, yeah. <laughs> like. I 
I don't know. It's like every verse starts once there was, and so it turned into this whole thing where once there was this boy. But I mean, we would sit out there and just uh, we'd play the fucking song, and we'd both kind of do our impression. You know, we'd be a few drinks deep and be like, I just you know, once there was, and so we just start doing yeah. our thing and fucking around, making fun of it, but. It turned into a thing. Now I like I like the song. I don't know why. I mean, he sings an entire verse about a fucking kid with birthmarks all over his yeah. body. You know, birthmarks all over his body. And the funny thing it was when that song came out, and I think after I heard it the first time, that was the only thing I fucking took away from it yeah. was that line. And I just anybody that would bring the song up, I'd be like, oh, the one that was you know about birthmarks all over his body. Wasn't there some line in there too that one of the first things that when I heard it, it was like the lurched all over the floor or something like that? <laughs> like, like, the, like lurched or something. Like, what's that? I'd have to hear. I'd have yeah. to listen to it. I don't remember that lyric for some reason. All Isn't the it the I, girl? Because there's a boy drunk, and so then there's a girl. I really do enjoy the song, but it has turned into like a drinking song in a way. Like, <laughs> you know, it'll be like midnight and I'm half cocked sitting out around the fire, but like, yeah, let's play that. Let's play that Crash Test Dummy song. <laughs> I liked it, so. I reckon. And I'm not going to tell you much. I'm not going to recommend, like, the entire Crash Test Dummies album because I can only imagine that the rest of it's not good. I I fucking have no idea. Maybe I should give it a listen, but I think that that song, it's like, I know it's fucking dumb, but (laughs) I just like it for some reason. So. Hmm. Yep. So what's your next one? This is what came to me when I said I had that cartoony light bulb, right? Mm -hmm. And I'm like guiltless pleasures. I don't feel guilty for any of this. Like, I have to have this guy. This guy was like the number one thing that came to my head. Phil Collins, right? Hmm. And here's here's why I'll say this thing, because over 10 years ago, I had this big thing where a girl made me feel guilty for liking Phil Collins. So it was like, I guess I met this girl. It was like 2011, so I was really getting into, like, you know, it was an era where I was, like, texting. Before then, you used to call girls. You shouldn't hook up with call girls. <laughs> <laughs> well, Sorry. No, well, I know what you mean. Well, yeah, you know, technology change, you know, yeah, where yeah. you're communicating, I right. guess, through text. And I think I said we were talking about <laughs> songs, and I was like, well, I like Phil Collins. And this girl's like, well, aren't you a little bit too young to like Phil Collins? And I was just instantly furious, like, what the fuck? So I'm an then old soul, bitch. I was trying to find anybody to validate my opinion. So I went to go talk to somebody else. And I was like, I like Phil Collins. And this chick made me try to make me feel dumb for liking Phil Collins. So, and she goes, yeah, well, you are kind of young to like Phil Collins. And I'm like, what the fuck? So then she even said the same thing. Maybe it was a compliment, though. So then I went online and I used to be like, really communicate with these guys on this online wrestling message board. So it's going to sound silly, but... Uh, Another guilty pleasure, right? Yeah, <laughs> like we'd talk about... Well, we wouldn't talk about... It would, like, wrestling was the reason why we started talking, but then we'd branch off in, uh, like, these huge other, uh, like, sprawling conversations or rabbit holes. That's where those things came up. So one guy said... I forget how this even came up, but I still laugh about this to this day. The... Phil Collins, uh, Stages of Intimacy. So, stage one, hold the door for her. Stage two, let her wear your t-shirt. Stage three, fart in her presence. Then when you get to stage four, place a studio for her. And stage five is marriage proposal based on how the studio goes. Like, all I can think of is the scene in American Psycho. Yeah, so... (laughs) I think about playing that song for a girl and that just... And then even after that, like when I first made a dating profile on like match.com. So, so this sounds like I'm just throwing all these women under the bus or something. But well, anyways, they're, they're I don't names. know. But this is people that made me feel guilty for shit. And I fuck shouldn't them. feel guilty. So anyways, I made a dating profile and I didn't know what to fucking put on there. So I put, if you don't like Phil Collins, you don't like life or something like that. So some girl, I shit you not, we had a first date and she... She mentions Phil Collins to me, and she goes, well, I studied up on Phil Collins. and got these Phil Collins facts. And I'm like, oh, well, why? And she goes, well, you put that on your profile. I'm like, I kind of put that up on there as a joke. <laughs> <laughs> so 
<laughs> I was like, oh, shit. That kind of like... So anyways, I don't know. Long story even longer. I fucking love Phil Collins. And people have made me feel guilty for it for years. And I'm like, I don't know why. He was like huge in the 80s. He had a solo career. There was Genesis. Dude, one of the first... I think the first album I bought on CD was We Can't Dance. Oh, yeah. No joke. Yeah, man. I don't know. And I even looked this up. When I was like two years old, the Invisible Touch album came out. So... That was probably like... What was that, 87? I think 86? it was 86. That was 86. something I gravitated to. I never thought about that being a guilty pleasure because I just didn't realize there was any need to feel guilty about it. See, neither did I. I <laughs> neither did I. Long story I love that song. Why would you feel guilty about liking Phil Collins? I do not know. I don't either. I don't know. That's ridiculous. Now, I could see I Can't Dance, the song, on there as a guilty mm. pleasure. Because, like, for Genesis, that's a pretty cheesy fucking song. Like that's- Well, I do even like this song from, I guess, it's, I've never seen this movie, Tarzan. But he yeah. had the soundtrack to the Disney movie. I even yeah. like that song. I came across it years ago. Yeah. I remember it, but not. I don't even remember the yeah. name of it, and I never watched the Tarzan cartoon either. Mm. The dude even had a fucking legit songs on Miami Vice. He was even in Miami Vice. Fuck, so, man, you gotta tell me. Yeah. I had a art teacher that was obsessed with Phil Collins, though. Kind of turned me off from him. <laughs> it was in junior high, so. Did he look like Phil Collins? Kind of, a little bit. <laughs> Not really, but he was, I mean, he seriously had like a life-size cardboard cutout of Phil Collins in the classroom. And <laughs> he was obsessed with him. And so, and now I look back on it, and now I look back on it because I'm like, well, were you just a fan of his music or, because he's gay. Oh, and I mean, okay. I'm not trying to even make fun of him. Like at the time, it was kind of like weird, you know, you're like a young 13, 14-year-old boy, and you have a gay art teacher, really nice guy, you know, and everything, but I learned more from him in eighth grade, as far as art goes, and how to draw and everything, and technique and everything, than I learned all through high school. I mean, I went into high school, and no offense to my high school teacher, because she was fucking awesome, too. She didn't teach me shit, because this guy was so fucking good. He already had me prepared for college, basically. It's just how good of a fucking art teacher he was. So, anyhow. Um. What happened? <laughs> what went wrong? <laughs> no, so, I know, right? I don't, what the fuck brought this up? How did I get on the uh, art teacher thing? Uh, because oh, you had Phil to Phil Collins. Collins. Yeah, yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, really, like, what? So, now I know, right? That was a rabbit hole from hell, but I don't know, uh, <laughs> I don't know why he was such a Phil Collins fan. I assume he was just a big fan, but I didn't, but now, I mean, it's like, I don't know, maybe he had a crush on him, too. I have no idea. So... Actually, I've tried to look him up on social media before, like on, well, I say social media, but just Facebook. I've looked on there to see if he's on there, which he'd be, fuck, he'd be, you know, my parents' age now and shit. So, I mean, my dad don't have Facebook, so he's probably smart enough to not have Facebook, right? But great guy, great art teacher, telling the story. Actually, I did, when I tried to see if he was on Facebook, I found that there was like a whole Facebook appreciation page for him. Like, oh. no joke, like, all of his past students. Like, somebody started a fucking, this page. Oh, cool. For him, so that's pretty cool, yeah. But Hmm. Yep. That was my <laughs> number four, Phil Collins. Okay, so I think we're, yeah, we're on to my last one. Damn. So I don't even have to open my list, because I know where I'm going. And this off. is going to be, like, hard one to edit, because we're all, all over the place here. <laughs> Maybe you don't offer clips yeah. <laughs> this time. This one, I'm actually a fan of this guy. I really am. I mean, and maybe that's a guilty pleasure too, right? He had a band called the Raspberries back in the 70s. They were very much a power pop. You know, really great stuff I got turned on to in my early 20s, early to mid-20s, I'd say. And I'm trying to really remember. You know, I think it all stemmed from this one song is how I became a fan of his. One night, we were at Schooners, me, Courtney, and Denny Smith, who is obviously a friend of ours and has been on the show many times at this point. Um, And we were going to play the Red Barn, many drinks deep. We used to call them uh, Goblets of Fire because Schooners and Morton had, like, the drafts and those, like, ice-cold goblets. So we'd go get, you know, whatever, like Bud Light or Miller Light, whatever would be on 
uh, special that that night, get pitchers and sit there and drink our goblets of fire, as we called them. So many goblets into the evening. This was like the night before we were playing the Red Barn, and we said to Courtney, well, why don't you make a, why don't you write us a set list, and we'll just learn a bunch of songs tomorrow before we go play. And one of them was the song Hungry Eyes by Eric Carmen. So the reason I went with Hungry Eyes is because I think with the stigma of being on the Dirty Dancing soundtrack, oh, okay. I yeah, think that chick people, movie yeah, and stuff. And I just think that that's like the song that even if people could understand why, like I could play him a Raspberries record. Like if you played, mm-hmm. God, I'm drawing a blank on the fucking song. All the way. Yeah, go all the way. You know, if you played somebody that, they'd be like, oh, yeah, no, I get it. That's cool, you know. Or even some of the stuff on the first record, even though I feel like All By Myself could have fell into the yeah. guilty pleasure thing, too, because it's such a sappy ballad, and I, you know what I mean? But yeah. I feel like I feel like Hungry Eyes is one that everybody knows, and I feel like everybody would probably make fun of me for liking it. Hmm. I really like it. And we did learn that song. We learned that song, and I think we performed it more than once. At those few, the see, few little red barn oh. shows that we did together there for about a two year stretch or whatever. See, because I thought, I thought, I guess maybe the wheels were turning in my head and I knew where you were going when you said Eric Carmen. And I thought you were going to say, make me lose control because there was that one time where I remember this party and it was one of the best times at your old house. You smoked the deer leg, and it was me and you, Courtney, <laughs> and Dustin. We all sat around, and somehow, people, you guys started singing. It was almost like one of those campfire sing-alongs without the campfire. But you sang Make Me Lose Control. Wow. Or something. And I think Dustin was doing the lower part. Boom, 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 boom. <laughs> right. And somebody was doing the higher part. And I don't know, man. It was a good meal. It was good times. That's funny. That's really funny because that's pretty unique. And I didn't like that song until then, so it kind of makes me think back to that. It's pretty unique, too, because I laugh hearing that because I'm never the one to... It's very rare that we're drinking, having a good time, and I'm like, oh, I'll go pull my guitar out and we'll fucking sing some songs. Like, that never happens. Yeah. Like, I've had people ask me that before. Like, we'll be sitting outside drinking or whatever. It's like, whoa, why don't you go get a guitar? We'll sing some songs. It's like, eh, I don't really do that. (laughs) This ain't a kid's show. Get out of here. Yeah, it's like, I'm not really a... Somebody said it to me one time, like, it was the... And I felt bad, because it was, like, an older couple. It's, like, one of the neighbors down the road, right? And they came over. We're sitting around. We're having a few drinks around the fire and whatever. And she goes, well, you play guitar, don't you? Why don't you go get your guitar? I'm like... Kumbaya, "Eh." fuck you. (laughs) Well, I know. And I go, and I was like... I go, ah, I go, I'm not really a kumbaya type of guy. I don't, <laughs> you know, I don't really fucking go pull my guitar out and sing campfire songs. It's just not, it's just not what I do. Like, Oh, he serenaded me one time, you and Chris Nauman. He serenaded me to sleep with the Rod Stewart stuff. That's true. We were all pretty, we were, we all should have been asleep. We were beyond lit, I think. Yeah. <laughs> there are nights where it just, anywho, I think without further ado or any further rambling, I think I kind of stomped over your hungry eyes and changed it. That's okay. I mean, I don't have anything to say oh, about okay. it. It's a really, I think most people would think it's a really cheesy song. But and yeah. Well, and you know what was great was when we learned it, learned the chord progressions on the guitar. It was like, fuck, man, it's a really good, like it's a well-written hmm. song. Like people would think it's just a dumb, cheesy pop song, but it's a really, it's a great fucking song, man. It's well-written. It's got a, you know, it's well-structured and. Yeah, man. The chord progression's really fucking brilliant and has some really cool transitions in there. Yeah. So fuck you motherfuckers if you don't like Eric Carmen. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm dying to know what your number one is. What's your what's your number one uh, Pearl Jam song again? That's what we're talking <laughs> about, right? <laughs> well, you know how you've kind of been all over the place with your guilty pleasures. I've kind of had a theme. Yeah. Not really a theme, but they've all been 80s. Cheesy bangers. And it's kind of interesting that I have Phil Collins and this guy on my list. Because back in 86, a Genesis 
Invisible Touch was actually sitting on the top of the Billboard charts. It was number one for, I think, three or four consecutive weeks. And I saw this morning that this song actually knocked it off the charts. And I'm like, that's kind of interesting. I have both these songs on my list. And it's Glory of Love, Peter Cetera, from the Karate (laughs) Kid 2 soundtrack. That is just like... That's awesome. It's got the keyboard shit from the 80s, and I don't know, See, if we did this again, and well, and if you didn't have that as a pick, that would probably be a pick of mine, like, on the next one. Yeah. So, I love that song, too. That's right, like, I didn't even... That one didn't come up when I was thinking about this, but that is just right on track. Like, that would totally be one of my picks, too. Like, if I would have listened to that song recently, or thought of it, it probably would have been on my list. But I'm glad it wasn't because then, like, we had totally unique, yeah. different fucking picks this time. Yeah, because so. I even like those '80s ballads, like "Your Hard Habit to Break." It's hard to say I'm sorry. You know, man, those are some like, boom. Sure, it's not really Chicago because they were horns, so they got rid of the horns well, and, and people, bumped up the keyboards. A lot and of shit, people would but... say like Peter Cetera ruined Chicago, right? Yeah, I mean, because he made them kind of an '80s fucking kinda. MTV band or whatever. But I mean, he made I, them all wussy. <laughs> but I like the yeah. Peters. I like both. I like the yeah. early Chicago's fucking awesome. Yeah. But like, I really grew to like the fucking Peter Cetera era Chicago stuff yeah. over the years. Like Chicago's a band I didn't get into until I was in my 30s. Like yeah. I did not. In my teens or 20s, I thought they were lame. I didn't fucking yeah. listen to Chicago. you know. Or you would probably think, I probably would have thought, if I had just heard some songs on the radio, I wouldn't have thought they were all the same band. Because obviously knowing now that I'm older, they've got different singers. Right. Because they've got Terry, I forget his last name. He did some of the lower stuff in the 70s, then he died, like, you know, right. um, accidentally killed himself. But then... So there was him, there was Robert Lamb, and there were Peter Cetera. And so there were three vocalists in the same band. And then, you know, yeah, when you move to the 80s, obviously they've got the pop stuff. You might hear two songs and not even know it's the same band. Right. I actually liked and had more appreciation for the Peter Cetera era after watching the documentary. Oh, really? Which was interesting because it's like, I mean, they all kind of almost shit on that era. Yeah. And Peter Cetera in the documentary. But yeah, like I walked away from the fucking documentary going, fuck, man, those were good songs. Like, I, I, for some reason, I like them more now after watching a documentary that was almost trying to paint them in a bad light, you know, almost in a negative light. Um, At least those guys were, right? But, oh, Terry Kapp, that's the guy's name I was trying to think of because he was a guitar player, I think, too. Yeah. So they don't, and, you know, I don't think now they even acknowledge the Peter Cetera stuff when they play. I'm not sure. I could be wrong. I might I, totally be wrong. I don't think they really do because I saw them a few years ago. My aunt is a huge a Chicago fan from the 70s, and I actually do lean more towards the 80s ballads. Maybe it's just because of a generational thing or something, but yeah, they didn't do uh, the Hard to Say I'm Sorry. They didn't do like Hard Habit to Break. Yeah, I mean, I think they, his love songs. I think they, they do kind of hate I think they kind of hate Peter Cetera. Yeah. I think he's maybe just a dickhead. I mean, talented singer, you know. Yeah, there was even one where I was actually, it's from the same album, and I was kind of going back and forth on if I wanted to have Glory of Love or the duet with Amy Grant. Right. Even Kelly kind of gave me some kind of flack or some kind of shit for listening to that. But then later on, she was actually singing the, ooh, the next time I fall in love. Or whatever, you know, she was she was kind of like had that in her head. Yeah. So I don't know. Yeah, don't don't knock it because then you know what? Make her watch Karate Kid Part Two in the context of that movie. Gloria Love is like maybe that's why that's like a guilty pleasure of mine because I don't know. I grew up watching that movie. I probably saw Karate Kid Part Two more than I watched the first one. Yeah. Oh yeah. I I mean, I I saw the first one a lot, but man, I really like that second one and. I remember having that on VHS, but I don't think we had the first one on VHS for some reason. And I mean, it was like a fucking copied off of HBO copy, you know what I mean? Oh, but, yeah. Uh, yeah, it was. Man, that song's great, dude. That was a good pick. It's funny, the friend Nick that I mentioned, his wedding where we were kind of, we kind of got turned on to Michael Bolton. I think, I want to say he actually jokingly said 
that he wanted to have glory of love. The lyrics as his wedding vows. <laughs> He's like, I don't think I could get away with it. And I was like, you should do it anyways. That would be funny. Kind of like how I want to have Black Sabbath as my wedding vows if I ever get married. <laughs> <laughs> like what? What lyrics? N.I.B. Oh. Please take my hand. I got you. Da, na, 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 na. This love of mine. Yeah. Can I sit up on there with a guitar and like you'll read one line and then I'll play the riff and yeah. then you read another line? <laughs> All right. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be funnier than hell, man. Oh, man. And then at the very end when you just say, my name is Lucifer. <laughs> Please take my hand. It's like everybody's like, oh, okay. We're out. Uh, we're gone. <laughs> on that note. <laughs> All right. Thanks, everybody. Thank you for listening. 